Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Ten. Hut! Sir, yes, sir! <laughs> this is gonna be, um, it's gonna be a, a weird episode, I feel. What makes you say that? I don't know if I've ever felt this way before. <laughs> we'll ever? get into it, yeah. This movie was weird. Yeah. Holy cow. I hope you, listener, have, like, a good recall on this film. Maybe you should go back and watch it because... I picked up a lot on this rewatch that I was not expecting. Absolutely not. I forgot almost everything about this movie. (laughs) Come to find out. Well, before we get too much into it, we just want to say a huge shout out to our patrons. Um, If you feel like going over to our Patreon and seeing what we have for you, we have different tiers with different perks. Uh, Maybe that should be your resolution in this new year is patronizing us. (laughs) Patronizing us. If you would like to patronize us, Uh you can find us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. Yeah, so thank you if you're one of our lovely patrons and also a big thank you for our guest today. We've got someone in the studio with us today, and that would be my friend and our friend of the pod, Peyton. Hello, world. Hello, people of the pod listening community. And uh, hello, myself, because I'm going to be listening to this later. Uh, I am Peyton, cishet dude with uh, a certain uh, allyship and uh, certain... camaraderie with uh, my queer colleagues here. Yeah. He has a certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah, he has a proclivity <laughs> to classical music. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we're so happy to have you on the pod. Do you want to talk about how we know each other a little bit? Yeah. Um, so Sam and I went to film school together. Mm-hmm. And we met while I was wearing later hosen. You can tell them we both took acid and we were yeah. Tripping oh, okay. Balls. I didn't know what I was allowed to say. Yeah, yeah. We were both tripping balls. I was wearing later hosen for some reason. I don't exactly remember why. I thought I was hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, but that part was true. Yes, yes. And uh, we just tripped together and drank coffee. And well, then we ended up like hanging out for like eight hours yeah. or something that yeah. night and uh like after that we've just been like buds since our like, souls bonded yeah over lsd uh and now we've been friends forever maybe this is just a really long trip yeah no we're still in the dorms <laughs> at uh, we're, we're, you're still a freshman yes. i'm still a sophomore yes. i'm wearing later hosen yeah <laughs> that all checks out and i'm just a figment I'm just here to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're our, our trip character. guide. You yes. showed up to guide us to like a greater plane of understanding. Yeah, I'm yeah. the Microsoft paperclip. Exactly, <laughs> bringing y'all through your consciousness. Hey, it looks like you're trying to break on through to the other side. <laughs> Would you like some help with that? Yes, for now. Oh well, Peyton. Also, something that makes you perfect for this episode is that you went to military school. I did. Yes, for one year of my life, I was enrolled as a cadet. Kelly, at <laughs> Lyman Ward Military Academy. And if I'm not allowed to say that for legal reasons, it's Schmeiman Schmord Schmilitary <laughs> Schmacademy. How was your time there? It was terrible. It was the worst <laughs> year of my life. No uh, way. I will say Cadet Kelly does, like, it's not 100% off, but, like, it fails to capture the depressing, like, hopelessness of most people at military school oh it was, it's closer to like holes mm. than uh, yeah. than this movie i think and this was like a co-ed experience was yours no okay. um i was not informed uh i i saw cadet kelly when i was a kid and i thought military school would be like that <laughs> so that's the reason like i was not doing great at my other school i, I like i didn't have any friends but uh <laughs> My parents were like, hey, you know, we think you could, like, use some structure and we're considering this, but, like, we would never send you anywhere you didn't want to go. And I was like, please just get me out of this place. Anything. Anything (laughs) is better than this. And then I quickly realized... Not the case. Some places are worse. So you elected to go to military school. Yeah, like I had the final say, you know. Uh, I wasn't like a bad kid, but like I thought I was. And then when I got there, I realized like, holy shit, I'm so fucking sheltered. Like there's a the kid that I'm living with was caught with like three pounds of meth. Like, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So it's oh like, my God. it's like a version of juvie in a sense that, like, there's some people that come to reform. Yeah, yeah, that it's, like, mostly that. Like, a lot of the kids were court-ordered there or they had had, like, mm. some, like, serious problems and uh, it was, like, the, like, last resort. And I, like, <laughs> go in, like, fucking Cadet Kelly, just like, <laughs> la, la, la. I'm so ready to do the drills. I want to run and up and down on the obstacle course. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, was Holy there shit. a drill team at... 
yeah. Academy? Yeah, there was. Were um, they this like fabulous as this movie depicts? <laughs> so they, they they were doing like the exact stuff that they do in the movie. Like those kind of like drill competitions do happen. And, but uh, another thing that the movie fails to do and actually also accomplishes is that you know how it felt like stupid long, how we're like yeah. watching everybody do these things? They're so much longer than that. It's wow. like four times the length. So you're sitting there literally watching people march tightly for like <laughs> 45 minutes. Gosh. Okay. Well, we're going to be probably asking you a lot more questions about your experience as we go through whatever ridiculous shit is in this movie. Ask away. I'm an open book. Lizzie, do you remember the first time you saw this film? I don't, but this was definitely in the heyday of me watching DCOMs regularly, so I definitely remember watching this. And you know what? While I was watching the film, I remembered on, like, DisneyChannel.com, they used to have, like, a game zone, Mm -hmm. and there was, like, a bunch of Cadet Kelly-themed games. So, yeah, I don't remember seeing this film for the first time, but I, like, while I was watching it, images were just rushing back to me. But there is so much about this movie that I did not remember. And yeah. watching it again for the first time, I was almost like, is this like a director's cut? <laughs> like, I like, did all of this stuff just fly over my head before? Yeah. I, I mean, this movie is kind of off the wall in a lot of different ways. And it doesn't really stack with the other DCOMs that are lighthearted and um, are more, you know, for children and not about <laughs> the military. But yeah, the, the clips like that I really remember from this movie are just what was rolling in the decom promo. Yeah. I remember as a kid seeing the decom promo and thinking this movie was going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. and then not liking the movie very much. I mean, as far as decoms are concerned, this film is a lot longer. Yeah. Like the runtime is at an hour and 40 minutes, which most are like an hour and 20 minutes, if not like an hour and 13 minutes. So this is just really, really long. And there are a lot of considerations, like you're saying, that could have been removed. That's why it feels like a director's cut. It's like, why are we leaving this scene in here? There's like five different through lines of this film. Like, so it feels like there is no one particular goal. We just keep like stacking new goals as the movie goes on. And then like, half-ass wrap them up at the end (laughs) with a weird dance yeah it's like a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat (laughs) on a hat and to the point where i'm like i don't think they make this many hats like can we just calm down well those cadet cats stack quite nicely oh the little berets on berets (laughs) on berets right did you have to wear a uniform oh yeah did it look like Every the Cadet day. Kelly uniform? Yeah, so uh, like it—that's actually like dead on. Like those uniforms are basically like what we were wearing, uh, and all the like little accoutrements like are correct. Like all the like oh. little badges you have to like shine to a polish, and then like set them just so on your uniform. And then like uh, we wore like the fatigues a couple of days a week to do like drills and stuff. That would be the outfit I would rock the most. Yeah, the fatigue. Yeah. Yeah, For like sure. those days you can climb trees, not worry about getting dirty or nothing. <laughs> no way, Jose. <laughs> yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about why we're talking about this film today, and then I'll go into the production. But yeah, I think a lot of queer women associate this film with like the sexual tension that was yeah. felt between Christy Carlson Romano, who plays captain stone and hillary duff who plays cadet kelly that was one thing that caught me for sure yeah there is a lot of tension between them and it feels like a internalized homophobia it's more from christy carlson romano's captain stone character to hillary duff's character of cadet kelly than it is like a back and forth right i mean how did it feel for you watching it it definitely felt like there was a weird push down homosexual urge that Christy Carlson Romano had that they were sort of trying to play off as, oh, they're both like lusting after this one guy, which was like such a thinly veiled attempt to make that seem more hetero. No, the mozzarella stick that they're like lusting over (laughs) that looks identical to every other guy at this academy. Yes. But there was other queer characters in this film. Yeah, like every other person. In there. <laughs> you know, this is Professor Xavier's institution yes. for military queer youth. Exactly. Wait, the character of Brad is in the X Men movies. Yeah, he's like yeah. A, he freezes stuff. Yeah, right. I think so. I think he's the frozen one. So it's the same universe. <laughs> Absolutely, and also the same universe that Peyton lived in. 
for a year in his life. Yeah. yeah. Did you choose this movie because of the relationship to military school? I did. Well, I was like, you know, I, I'm going to have some little tidbits mm-hmm. here. Like, <laughs> I, you know, this is some insider baseball exactly. I'll be able to to do here. So Our expert witness. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, but like it feels super queer in so many ways. And that's, and, but that's not even like the core element of the film. Like it goes into so many other things. Like it doesn't even touch on the identity of these people. No. Yeah. Like as Lizzie was saying, so I mean, we have a good basis for this episode that there is some tension and there's some unpacking to do there. But if you start to understand where this film was in the context of history, like this was smack dab in the middle of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which wouldn't be repealed for another like nine years after this. So this idea of Jennifer Stone, who has this sort of swagger of, I hate you for being you know, fabulous, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to quite literally tear what could be a pride flag and stomp on it and kick it away. Uh, I have in my notes here that Don't Ask, Don't Tell would be a good alternate title for this movie. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And if you guys aren't familiar with Don't Ask, Don't Tell, I'm just going to like quickly describe what that was. But it was a policy prohibiting military personnel from discriminating against or harassing closeted homosexuals or bisexual service members while barring openly gay, lesbian, or bisexual people from the military. So it's this two-sided thing where you're not allowed to harass them if they don't appear gay. Yeah. And if they are gay, then then they were discharged from the military dishonorably. So sorry, you guys. Cadet oh Kelly <laughs> and Don't Ask, Don't Tell. But it definitely kind of feels like that because mm-hmm. anytime Cadet Kelly shows any sort of femininity or like emotionality, like it's squashed down and that's one of like the biggest kind of emotional or thematic arcs in this movie for me is that like she is I mean it's so obvious like she's being told to conform she's being told to be heteronormative and not show any color and not show any individuality and that could easily I mean it is that it's also this film followed 9-11 by like not even a full year so I mean that being said it's production wrapped around 9-11 so it wasn't like a direct result of 9-11 that this film existed, but this did come out in tandem with those Express Yourself promos, which was basically Disney Channel propaganda. The further proof that Bush did 9-11. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you guys remember those promos? It was like... Oh my God, yes. I have them queued up. Can we watch them real quick? Yes, of course. Uh, just a little bit about these promos, if you guys don't recall. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, they featured... Disney Channel stars, as well as other notable actors like Whoopi Goldberg, Brian Cranston, and, of course, First Lady Laura Bush. No way. She was in one of them? <laughs> yes. Those, that's not the one I remember. I remember the Hillary Duff one. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show you guys a, a clip of that now. Just remember there's one that was like a meme cut. It's really short, but it's like one of the Disney Channel stars, and it's like, the good thing about 9-11, and then it like cuts. <laughs> 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 I saw a fire truck pass by the other day and it had an American flag on it and it was blowing in the wind. It was so amazing. And everyone just started clapping and cheering and it was really special. I had to drive cross country. We saw the flags, saw the proud to be American flashing signs on the highway. Now, more than ever, it's important for people like you to express themselves every day. Hello, I'm Laura Bush. All across the country, everywhere I look, I see an American flag. It's wonderful to see, because our flag stands for all of us, every single American. All right. Um, any thoughts? Boom, ba boom, This is not a sunshine. form of brainwashing. <laughs> I'm Laura Bush. Oh, this, I'm like, I'm physically ill. <laughs> Yeah, the steal my sunshine, like, in the background. Oh, oh gosh. It's just, as a kid, I never questioned that at no. all. Did you, you guys remember seeing these, right? I remember seeing these, but I remember the ones that were, like, Lindsay Lohan or Hillary Duff talking about, like, oh, I love riding horses and food. I'm a normal girl. I do not remember the 9-11 propaganda at all. Yeah, this was part of, like, a bigger prim- promotional thing that they would run in between trailers. I was like, don't bully people that are different. Except people of different religions. And then it's like, the flag means that we get to give peace to people around the world. It's like, holy shit. Holy shit. And it's crazy that Cadet Kelly was basically filming when 9-11 was happening. Because the timing of it coming out mm-hmm. and, like, funneling all of these positive nationalist messages into the psyche of these young people is 
it's crazy that this was something we had to process as young people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it like kind of eked in there, too. Like it's like a, like a subconscious thing. Like it, it programmed an entire like generation of people our age to just be like, yes, we respect the flag. Like I yeah. can't wait to join the National Guard. Yeah. yeah. Like those colors look so good together. Pair that with like Old Navy had their like Fourth of July flag shirt selection do you know what i'm talking about there was like (laughs) hundred every year year. old navy sold american flag t-shirts for like 5.99 during the month of july or whatever and everyone i knew including myself owned one i probably had one you definitely had one yeah i probably had one of these did you have one oh yeah so uh my aunt would actually buy them on july 5th for even cheaper and then would just save them for next year that's the american motherfucking dream (laughs) nothing says post 9-11 quite like that (laughs) So, like, why did they, like, these PSAs are so strange, and but they got, like, everyone on board. Like, everyone is in these commercials. Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. Hillary Duff, mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf, mm-hmm. Christy Carlson Romano. Like, they're, they had one for parents, like, Whoopi Goldberg's in one. Mm-hmm. This is insane. I can't believe that this was something that they planned and filmed. Well, it's very much the sentiment of the time. Like, every, this wasn't, like, unique to Disney Channel. Like, everybody felt this, like, sort of unity after 9-11. I think it's just weird that they got Laura Bush to speak to children about it. I mean, I guess it does make sense, but it's hard to see it back out of context and feel good about it. It's very concerning. Why does it feel so bad now? Well, I mean, Disney has a history of supporting propaganda films and like outright making propaganda films like in oh, yeah, the World War II stuff. Yeah. 1941 through 1945, the U.S. government commissioned Disney to produce 32 animated shorts, persuading Americans to support the war effort. The studio facing financial decline needed the money and basically made them. So, I mean, it's 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 just weird. It's nothing new, but it's funny that this age so strangely And that it was so apparent. But I guess you're right. At the time, like, I'm sure Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network might have been having their own messaging, like, laced into their 2002 programming. Yeah. But also, like, all productions that were coming out post 9-11 were all, like, Saving Private Ryan Mm -hmm. and Jason Bourne. And it was all, like, and we still see remnants of that now, like, very, very popular films based around, like, people in the military. Yeah. And they had one for kids. Cadet yeah. Kelly. Cadet <laughs> Kelly, the top gun for children. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did I call it in my notes? Hold on. Military Lizzie McGuire. Yes, exactly. Lizzie McGuire goes to military school. This could be one of the very special episodes of Lizzie McGuire. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, let's watch the trailer. Okay. Kelly lived by one rule. Make it cool. Until. Military school? <gasps> no. Yes. Now, in a school that's all about the rules, she's got to turn olive drab into totally fab. I'd really like to try and retain my individuality. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Sweet dreams, maggot. Ow! Oh, did you break a nail? I don't care! Get down here, cadet! You guys, it, it maybe I'm stupid, but it just occurred to me that Captain Stone is always calling Cadet Kelly maggot? And it sounds just like <laughs> another word, a slur. That did that click with what y'all? What are you talking just, about? Yeah, say no. it on the mic. Don't make me say it. <laughs> no, I'm not cool enough to say it. And it feels like that the way she delivers it with like a spitting hatred. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You think she's just looking down at this like struggling new kid, and it's just like you're just like me. I fucking hate you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but you're flaunting your like queer little flag in my face. Right. Jesus. Damn. All right. So that's not even the tip of the fucking iceberg. Uh, So we meet Kelly, who is a ribbon twirling art student who attends a Manhattan art school. Her parents are divorced. Her dad is a clumsy photographer about to head out on a trip around the world. And we also meet Kelly's mom and her new boyfriend, the general. So we learned that the Kelly's mom and the general are planning on getting married. And the day before the big wedding, Kelly's mom tells her that she'll be moving upstate for the general's new job. At this point, I'm like, did you see their apartment in New York? It was glorious. It was so nice. Like, this bitch has a good job. And she's quitting to go upstate so that her husband could be a principal and so that she can become domesticated as like a little housewife for him yeah there are so many more like i feel like this movie was created 
to like tame an unruly set of people in America, and that definitely includes the mother. Mm-hmm. But like the more you see these characters change, like just the fact that Kelly, you know, it's cool that she's cool with her parents being separated. Her parents are separated, but are very like amicable to each other. Like her father comes over to the house and has dinner with her and her stepdad at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. And she just, like, accepts that she has a strict stepdad now. Like, it just kind of reads to me that this is a very common scenario in America. And they want to, like, train kids to just, like, all right, don't question your new stepfather. Like, mm-hmm. be okay with your parents' divorce. Like, be complicit. Exactly. It. I wonder if I, like, felt that when I was watching it. Because my parents were separated and I had – my stepdad is a cop. So it was, like, <laughs> a very similar situation. Yeah. So I'm, like, w- was I, like – I need to be like Hillary Duff and like subdue my colorful clothing and just accept my stepfather for who he is, you know? I think one of the concerning things about Kelly's position, and she says in her inner monologue every five minutes, I had to do everything. Did you recognize that? She said it no less than five times. Yeah, what's what's with that? Is that like a responsibility message? Yeah, I think as a child in like a a mixed family or a family where your parents are divorced, like I think it is common for children of divorce to feel like they have to manage everyone's emotions. But she does it to a concerning degree. Like, I have to keep sir and mom's marriage together. I have to do everything. I have to raise this child coming into my life. Or teach this man who is like (laughs) non-feeling to love. Yeah, to be a father. (laughs) She says at one point, in that moment, I knew that sir was ready to be a father or something. It's like, Goodness gracious. <laughs> well, we're expecting kids in 2002 to, like, deal with terrorist attacks and, like, figure out who the bad guy is in that situation. Yeah. Think With the help of Laura Bush, you know, and now we're just <laughs> expecting them to do the same and filter their emotions through, like, divorce and complicity. It's – this is a weird movie. I think – Ke- Kelly and her mother would have made really excellent cult members. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did not mind, in the slightest, it seems, just completely upending the, like, very nice life that they had going on and just, like, giving in to, like, the, all these different manners of authority. She finds out she has to go to military school and is like, what the fuck? I know I didn't choose this. I didn't even do anything wrong. But very quickly when she gets to military school, she goes like, oh, I have to make this work. I had to do everything. I mean, in the scene where she's bitching to her friend about not wanting to go to military school, she's literally packing. Yeah. So like she's saying, (laughs) you know, like she's acting like the teenager would, but still being complicit and still doing what she's quote unquote supposed to do. I mean, how do these parents not realize the effect that your child is very good. She behaves very well. You're sending to her, her to a place, like, as Peyton was saying, where these people have three pounds of meth on them, most likely. <laughs> you don't think that's going to fuck her up? <clears throat> Same kid with three pounds of meth, by the way. Um, well, he, he got caught with it, and that's what sent him there. But then he got kicked out of military school because he was producing meth under his bed while was I was living Breaking Bad at the Academy. Yes, exactly. Wow, Brian Cranston's coming up a lot in this episode. <laughs> Who <would have> thought? <laughs> So we're at George Washington Military Academy, and we see cadets in uniform, twirling guns, marching and taking orders. Kelly enters the living quarters that she'll be living in. What the hell? It's just like prison-style bunk beds all over the place. Was it like this, Peyton? Um, actually, at my place, uh, they at my baby prison, <laughs> we, we had our own rooms, and we had one roommate— and uh, they couldn't stick me with, like, one person that wouldn't, like, bully me. <laughs> so I got, like, shipped around to all these different roommates. And everyone was, like, disappointed once I got there because it's like, well, I got to live alone for a time. What is this? <laughs> oh, it's like the beginning of Wednesday. Yeah. Have you watched Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was like. And I was, but I was the werewolf. <laughs> You're like, I'm the werewolf girl. Yeah, I'm going to bring in the sunshine. And I, I only lived with Wednesdays. Aww. Peyton, you didn't deserve that. I'm sorry about your baby prison. Um, (laughs) At this baby prison, they have to sleep on these weird bunk beds in the shared room. And all the girls in this squad are upset that they're being placed under the watch of Captain Stone, or as they call her, the meanest 16-year-old in America. She's the one that tells us what to do and when to do it. And apparently, she's dating like the hottest, most popular boy at this military school. Who is neither hot. The most perfect boy. Yeah. Who is definitely... 
I know. It's a little, it's giving it's a, a little, little. He's a little gay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, we're not even going to talk about how they didn't even bother giving us closure with him and any of these girls at the end. They said closure between Christy Carlson Romano and Cadet Kelly. That is it. Check. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but. Is it Jennifer Stone serving, like, baby Trunchbull? Yes. Okay, so she <laughs> she walks in giving baby Trunchbull, right? And everyone has to, like, line up. I don't know what any of these words I should be using are. And she sees Cadet Kelly's, like, rainbow blanket that Cadet Kelly just, like, had to put out and show everyone that she was gay. And she says, you're on my list, maggot. In that way, in that tone. With that word. Mm-hmm. It is a specific choice. I stand by that. And then Kelly says, you'd be on mine if I had a list. Uh, ooh. It's very bantery. It's very back and forth. And we see this a lot in rom-coms where they come in and they both, like, hate each other. But, you know, this is a little don't ask, don't tell, saying the word maggot a lot. This is an enemies to lovers. Yeah. This no. is enemies <laughs> to lovers, for sure. And then we also meet uh, we also meet Cadet Kelly's new friend, Carla, who's played by Andrea Lewis. Uh, if you guys have ever seen Degrassi, she's basically Paige's lackey, Hazel. And Kelly tells Carla pretty immediately that she'd like to preserve her individuality. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah, you're not going to hold on to that. Carla drank the Kool-Aid a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor Carla. And also, with the military-industrial complex, might I add, we learn later that Carla, like, came from a pretty bad background. And she says, like, oh, this is, like, summer camp to me. Like, this is amazing here. And it's like, fuck. That's a thousand percent, like, fully propaganda at that point. Like, oh, you two kids from, like, broken homes, you can come here and create a new family. Exactly. I know so many people, like, just from my high school, where I'm from, that enrolled in the military because they couldn't afford college, you know, and that's very much the vibe Carla's giving off and it's unfortunate and it's fucking spooky. Later that day on a walk with Carla, Kelly sees Brad, who's played by Sean Ashmore, and she calls him the cutest boy I've ever seen. He looks like a rock star and I know because I've been this close to NSYNC. Perhaps a rock star within the Church of Scientology. Yes. Yeah. Dude, he's like one of 12, you know what I mean? He looks like a Sea Org member. Yes, he really does. Like his hair is cropped and he... He's mean. He's mean to both of them. Yeah, he has like a power trip. And like this is where and this scene is kind of where they push off that dynamic of like, oh, these two girls are going to vie for this boy's attention, which only lasts like the next scene. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I I guess that's something we're meant to expect between two women and a guy standing in their way. I, I didn't get a feeling like Kelly wanted Brad to actually like like her in more than a platonic sense like all of their interactions together felt like very like cute and friendly Mm -hmm. but she was just like goofing around she wasn't interested in brad i felt like she just wanted to like create a barrier for captain stone she wanted to get in the way she's like girl like no this is not like your path that i i need you to recognize that and so i'm gonna be a a goofy little bump in your road here Yeah. yeah she's like wedged herself in between the two and you're right she's so goofy when they're hanging out i know when I was a teenager, when I had a crush on someone, I tried my best to be so fucking cool and like not express any emotion. And she's over here like doing the worm for him because he's sad. <laughs> That's true. I guess she kind of like across the board acts this way with all of the young people in this movie because mm-hmm. she also does this with my personal favorite character, Gloria Ramos, who I think they have the most chemistry of all. I love her. As like, so this is that scene like you guys are talking about where. Both Captain Stone and Cadet Kelly see Brad across like a field and they both like beeline up to him. Kelly, like you're saying, inserts herself very physically between Stone and Brad to like give him this like weird salute. <laughs> like just get his attention. But I think you're right, Peyton. I think it's just to like be a thorn in the side of Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. no, John, I really don't think she gives a shit what, <laughs> what Brad thinks. <laughs> Uh, so we also get some like very nice clips of her in like military class. Was this a thing? I can't speak for all at my crappy little baby jail. Uh, <laughs> we did not do like military class per se. We did do in the field stuff. Like uh, they taught us like uh, how to find north without a compass oh. and like the art of like scouting and and that sort of thing and there's even like riflery and like doing the uh obstacle course and everything but there was no like strategy class yeah uh we didn't learn the art of war <laughs> as much as i would have liked to yeah that's a pri- i i remember watching it again and be like 
They have a war class. That's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> and the fact that she's like getting something from these classes, I'm like, okay, we get it. We're supposed to be good little boys and girls for America. Yeah. And you see her character arc of like, this is why it feels like so much propaganda, but she like in her first military class, she stands up and says like, I'm a conscientious objector of war. <laughs> she like later Punk goes- fucking rock. Yeah. And she later goes on to say like she believes in gun control and- Around here, this is gun control. Exactly. And then it comes full circle. Like, we see her in military class towards the end of the movie, and she's, like, taking notes feverishly and, like, seems really interested. And she goes, wow, I'm really learning life lessons from war class. (laughs) I'm going to be so good at battleship when I get out of here. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so later during drills, which is, like, obstacle courses, I I don't know. It looks kind of fun if someone wasn't screaming maggot at you every five seconds. Uh, Stone is harassing Kelly in a very unique way that she doesn't seem to be harassing any of the other cadets. So after the rest of the cadets have finished this obstacle course, Kelly finally rappels down and Stone tells Kelly that she'll do the course until she gets it right, meaning Kelly will miss this military dance or whatever that is happening later. I don't know. I don't think it sounds like a lot of fun myself. I think it would have been a fun opportunity to show like Kelly amidst all the other cadets and like further show how different she is from them and even give her a chance to like show off which she never really does she just kind of instantly conforms so I guess this is just another way for them to humiliate Jennifer Stone but so Kelly has to do this course a ton of times in the rain and she's doing it with uh, Ramos who is basically like Stone's assistant and this like you're saying is a great character Lizzie she's really nice and she's not as strict as Captain Stone. She doesn't seem to delight in making people uncomfortable. And she actually at one point like helps Cadet Kelly like get through the course. Ramos says at one point like I don't like music and I don't dance which seems very High School Musical too. Like Mm -hmm. I don't dance and I don't sing because that's gay. It's gay. (laughs) I don't do it uh, ever. And Kelly says we have got to get to the bottom of your denial. (laughs) (laughs) One word. Homophobia. Yes. Exactly. So they share a touching moment, and Kelly completes the course, and Kelly says to Ramos, I can show you that good times aren't for trumps. And Ramos says, you can try. Okay, this is the number one couple. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Carla, because I Carla's definitely reading as gay to me as well, mm-hmm. but they have the most chemistry of anyone. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't have exactly the same tension as Stone and... Kelly, but it just seems nice. Yeah, it seems like it could work out. Yeah. Yeah, she she actually bothered to, like, tell her how to do it right, I noticed. Right. Like, this person's been struggling in the mud for, like, hours at this point. Just like, oh, yeah, by the way, use your elbows. I don't know if we mentioned that before. <laughs> by the way, this is how you repel. Like, yeah. you don't just come knowing how to repel. It's not an instinct, like, knowing how to repel off a fucking 20 feet thing. Like, fuck. <laughs> Okay, that is like the one thing that like kind of took me out of it. Like, uh, you know, I'll put a lot of things aside for the sake of uh, willful suspension of disbelief. But all of the like blatant disregard of safety when it came to like the ropes course stuff, I was like, you can't just leave her up there. That's a fucking lawsuit. Yeah. And that is barbed wire. You have to instruct her. At some point, she does bleed, apparently. She's 13. (laughs) They have barbed wire at this, like, children's military school. Jeez, it's so fucked up. Yeah, they expect her to repel. She hasn't even got a basic education. She went to a weird art school where she learned how to, like, sculpt. Like, she doesn't know math. (laughs) There's no math at that school. Uh, So she finally completes the course. She's all covered in mud. She runs over to the dance, and I guess she's just as clumsy as her dad. Like, rolls down a hill very comedically rolls into this event and can't stop herself from like embracing Stone who's wearing this like beautiful white dress and Kelly's covered in mud and Stone is visibly embarrassed and Brad basically makes fun of her. Yeah, like laughs at Jennifer for being covered in mud. It looks like Jennifer's going to cry and like everyone starts clapping even the like <laughs> sergeants and generals are like lol yeah but fuck brad like why would anyone even want to date him like you're about to cry because you're so embarrassed and he's laughing at you yeah fuck that no i think it's that. like a power thing like i feel like jennifer stone wants to like get close to this guy who's like he seems to be the leader of the drill team mm-hmm. which is like the only popular squad in the school so it, maybe it's more like that because i really don't see jennifer trying too hard to get into Brad's good graces other than like to put Kelly down in front of him 
So it also doesn't read really romantic to me. I know they try, but she doesn't actually do anything to advance that for herself. Yeah. It, it reads to me like she feels obligated because mm-hmm. she's the top dog right. at her thing. So it only makes sense that she would like partner up with the other top dog. Impulsive heterosexuality. Yeah. She's like, oh, I have to. He's the number one target. And also by giving herself the number one target, if she can't make it, you know what I mean? Like she's putting on the ultimate show that she's doing what she's supposed to do to appear hetero, to appear hetero but he's also the number one hardest person to get. So if yeah. she doesn't get him, I tried. You, everyone saw me trying yeah. to get the guy that would never be interested in me. Oh, shucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So the general or sir, whatever you want to call him, calls Kelly into his office and basically says, when I was a kid here, my dad was the principal and he was harder on me than everyone else. And it's like, this isn't your child. You've known her for a week. What the <laughs> fuck? And she tries very considerably to break generational trauma and say, well, that's why you'll be easier with me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, fuck no. <laughs> I don't know how I felt about this character. I I guess it was, like, heartwarming to see him, like, help her out in the end, even though I'm like, of course you should help her out. As a child, her dad is, like, severely <laughs> injured. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like it felt like Kelly was always bending over backwards to like make the adults in her life comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like she's only being nice to Sir because of her mom. Yeah. And she can see how much he cares for her mom, which is a really adult thing to think. And another one of those kind of brainwashing moments, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I wanted Sir to be a part of this story necessarily. Yeah, I mean, well, he didn't, he wasn't exactly a hero. Like, he did the bare minimum. (laughs) Like, oh, a a grown man actually might be dead. Like, okay. I guess guess we could stop tap dancing with ribbons and save his life. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And the more of what you're saying comes through in the next scene where Kelly goes home and, you know, you can hear Sir and her mom have this conversation and Sarah's like, she's going to explode everything I've been working for. It's like, you're a principal at a random fucking school. She didn't want to be here. Like, of course, she's not going to be good at military school. She's been finger painting for like (laughs) 13 years. And no one's taking the time to like explain the rules to her. Except for when it's too late and she's already fucked up immeasurably. You know what I mean? Yeah. So also Kelly's mom tells her that she's pregnant. And so Kelly doesn't really get a chance to say, I don't want to be here right now. And geez, this mom sucks. She says, I'm still going to love you 100%. (laughs) Was that in question? (laughs) It's another one of those like moral tales, I think. Those little subtle moral clues that they're like, hey older person of divorced parents just because your mom gets a new baby doesn't mean you're worth any less and it's like it actually is really complicated (laughs) the fact that you keep saying it makes me think i do (laughs) you're like should i question that my mother's love for me yeah and so kelly like she hears about the baby and her internal monologue says we can't bring a baby into this world with even an ounce of chaos i had to do everything (laughs) we can't bring a baby into this world you're a baby. She's literally shouldering every problem in the entire world. That is such a divorce kid thing to do, though. Yeah. The next day in the living quarters, while the cadets are lined up, Stone sees Kelly's rainbow blanket under her pillow that she's tried to hide, the pride flag, you know? <laughs> and it's hard to not read it as a pride flag because we don't know why it means anything to Kelly. Like, it's not insinuated that it's right. her baby blanket or, like, it was given to her by someone or it's imbued with any sort of sentimental anything. She's like, I got this at my first pride when I was one. <laughs> <laughs> so when Stone, like, is obviously pissed about the whole dress thing from the night earlier, Stone tears the rainbow blanket in half and you can see Kelly, like, begin to have a complete breakdown. At this point, it's, like, so in your face it's not even – a metaphor anymore it's, it's no just, longer subtextual <laughs> it's just like contextually this woman is like so imbued with homophobia within it's she literally has to tear it like that <laughs> and call everyone a maggot you guys yeah it's too much no it is way too much so that night kelly sneaks into stone's room and the next morning we see that stone's hair is covered in paint and it's not dissimilar to the gradient of the blanket that was destroyed which could be described as like pride of rainbow colors Mm -hmm. and stone is so visibly like pissed like you could see her kind of it's not like a screaming anger it's like a oh shit like a panic anger Uh right i have been outed Mm -hmm. yeah 
Quite it, literally. And it's like branded on me. Mm-hmm. That's such a mean thing to do. She should have been court-martialed for that, honestly. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's the one progressive thing about this military school. Like, hey, now, don't ask, don't tell means. Yeah. Don't, you <laughs> can't not tell to everybody. Or we're going to have to kick her out. Yeah. You wouldn't want that to happen. You're right. That's funny that, like, a seemingly liberal queer character is, like, bullying sort of another queer character. And it goes both, I guess because it goes both ways. We don't hate Kelly for doing this. You know, Stone started it, I guess. But it's the same shit. She's, like, dishing it back out to her. It's like, oh, you think I'm gay? Well, you're gay. <laughs> and I'm going to make fun of you for it. It's so mean. It is really catty. It's just like you're saying it is very don't ask, don't tell, where it's like, okay, you're not allowed to harass the gay people in the closet, okay? As long as they're right. not being gay about it. So, like, as you're saying, she deserved to get court-martialed for this. So she, because she's found guilty, she has to run the equipment for this drill team, which is, like, basically like a step team with guns. I don't know. It's a lot less cool. At, at, at this point, Kelly begins to show interest, saying it's like Swan Lake. This was the most unbelievable plot point for me, where, like, I couldn't suspend my disbelief about the fact that she all of a sudden thought throwing guns around was pretty and cool and, like, yeah. expressive. No. Okay, also, I had kind of, like, re-watching this the other day for the first time since I was a kid. This was a whole plot point I just totally forgot about. That this, there's, like, a huge competition and she joins the gun squad. Like, I just totally forgot that was a thing. Well, because there's no way to make it look cool. And they really, really tried to do, like, a Bring It On-esque team versus team. Wow, look at them. Look so cool. I mean, they get to the first drill meet and... As Peyton was saying earlier, it takes so long. They're throwing guns and they're not playing music. So it sounds just like, you know, those shoe squeak videos. Yeah. <laughs> audio squeak, 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 squeak. It's just hand noises and occasional yelling. <laughs> I was just relieved she's like amazed by this. Like it's some artistic, creative. You're throwing guns and saluting each other. No, Peyton was right. This girl would be perfect for a cult. She questioned anything. <laughs> the leader, the leader is glorious. <laughs> exactly. He will live ten thousand years. The Kool Aid is tasty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this poor girl. Okay, so obviously the George Washington Academy loses because um, why would they win? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we learned that they're pretty much technically efficient, but they can't, you know, pizzazz in what's called the exhibition phase, which is like two, it's like a pair of marchers or steppers or something. And they mm -hmm. get to do like a more creative take on drilling, drill team, dancing, don't know the words, and I'm not going to learn them. <laughs> <laughs> so once Kelly learns that this is the issue they're having, her internal monologue says, here's my to-do list. Keep sir and mom's relationship going, shepherd a baby into the world, and win a drill team medal for Brad. I had to do everything. This woman is going to, <sighs> she's going to crack and she's going to have a psychological break. Yes. And then yes. she's going to go to therapy, she's realize gonna... she has ADD, mm. and get oh, on medication. I never considered that. She totally has ADD. She's undiagnosed ADD anxiety and probably like a, a perfectionist disorder as well. Yeah. She's going to be one of those Sea Org people that have to like leave in the trunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> This poor woman, she needs help. Oh, absolutely. So Kelly gets Ramos to prepare her to audition for the drill team, and we get one of those gay montages a la She's the Man, where like one person is teaching another person, and they kind of fall in love, even to the point that when Kelly gets accepted after her audition to the drill team, she like spins Ramos around in like glee and delight and kisses her on the cheek. I marked it. Kiss! <laughs> one hour and six minutes, yes. Kelly and Gloria. And Gloria, her face looks so ecstatic to have a friend is what we're supposed to believe. But, like, they have a special spark mm -hmm. that is unrivaled by any other pair in the movie. Mm -hmm. It feels more natural than than any other. Like, there is, like, a, a, she really wanted to bring out some human quality in this person. And then, like, she conceded. Here I am. I, I am a person and I like the stars. Yeah. 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 That's her thing. I love that. I really love that character. Yeah, honestly, so great. Um, oh, guys, I, I'm going to have to show you this clip, but I don't necessarily want to. Let's see it. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so we get the scene where Kelly catches Stone doing like a weird dance movement in the field and Kelly approaches and... All right, let, let me just show it to you. 
so long. It's a long. Yeah, no, it goes on forever. <laughs> I think I'm gonna cut it. I'm sorry. It's just funny, like uh, they don't like ever upgrade anything. It's just they keep doing the same no, thing. No, it's like, like it doesn't escalate. It's a five minute to eight minute scene. Right after they're done, Brad walks up. He's like, "Ladies, that was incredible. <laughs> we have to use these moves for the competition." Yeah, could you guys describe what what I just showed you? Christy Carlson Romano is like step dancing in true cracker fashion. <laughs> it's like scatting, but with your hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's just kind of freestyle slapping and clapping and stepping. And Lizzie McGuire just says, that's for me. <laughs> yeah. She like unmotivated just starts mimicking Christy Carlson Romano in broad daylight. And, and what I can only describe as like something is drawing them together to do this thing at the same time. It's so awkward. She's like a little puppy. She's like, oh, this is what the big dogs do. I'm going to. But why? <laughs> she this hates art. this woman. <laughs> because or this is Swan she? Lake for her. Yeah. <laughs> now. And it's, it's like it becomes a drill off and they're yeah. like one upping each other. But as. I mean, Lee mentioned they're doing kind of the same moves over and over because, I mean, there's only so much you can do with a drill. It's like, are they attracted to each other? They are standing nose to nose, like doing once overs mm -hmm. and like looking over their shoulders. Like the body language says one thing, but then like the awkwardness of the moves and the fact that they're in broad daylight in the <laughs> middle of the school grounds makes it so cringy and weird. Like, what are these two lesbians doing? Yeah, it's similar to, like, bird court courting, you know? <laughs> like, they're doing this weird thing that doesn't make sense to me, but I know it's sexual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're too close. I'm, like, buttoning up. I'm, like, clutching my pearls. I'm, like... Lizzie's putting clothes right. on them. <laughs> Zipping up my shirt. This is not right. They, okay. They, um, they like emote at each other too. Like they are in step up to the streets yeah. or something. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you just got served. Exactly. It feels just like that. My partner wanted me to ask you, Peyton, a question about military school. And she asked, how often did you have to break into Stomp the Yard-esque dances of longing? <laughs> Uh, you know that like little do 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 in the morning. Yeah, if you weren't out stomping the yard before that, you were in trouble. They're gonna flip you out of bed. You better stomp the yard at dawn <laughs> for the for George Bush. <laughs> stomp for George Bush. Uh, okay. After this, Kelly and Stone share an intimate moment, and I'd like to show that to you now. Ma'am, this cadet has some really cool ideas about a routine that she'd like to share with the captain. Oh, cool ideas, huh? Well, I'm sure you told Brad. Ma'am, no ma'am. You are my partner and commanding officer. I work with you. Permission to discuss. Get it. I need someone to explain. Hillary Duff's actions to me right now. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Not everyone at once. I, I think, like, I think she might be into the power dynamics. You're That's right. the only explanation that I can think of. She really likes being told what to do. She's a power sub. <gasps> <laughs> I'm it's sorry. the only explanation. The only ulterior motive we had is just out the door. It has nothing to do with Brad. So what does it have to do with? She needs someone to submit to. This I'm not okay with this. And I'm not yucking anyone's yum, but I'm not okay with this. <laughs> Disney Channel? Why are we doing this? What are we doing here? The ma'ams, I'm I can't. I mean, if we're talking casting, I know I had the biggest crush on Christy Carlson Romano because even Stevens, she was really pretty in that show. And I thought so you like him bossy, too. I like bossy people and like her in that role. Like it always did it for me. And then when this came out, I was like, it's a more intense version of that. But it is definitely, I think, propaganda for bottoms across the United States. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're training up a whole generation of bottoms. Yes, exactly. It's a weird scene. It is really uncomfortable. And to come almost immediately after the clap off in the square, whatever we just watched before, it's just like 
it's hammering at home that she like wants this person to like her in like a sub and to submit to this person. Damn. On to the drill meet. <laughs> <laughs> so this is supposed to be the big climax, even though drill meets seem so fucking boring. And we see that it starts with this inspection stage where basically adults scream trivia at teenagers. But like America trivia. Yeah. What do the stars on the flag mean? I'd be like, um, they're just really pointy and nice and easy to sew, sir. Explain to me the rules of baseball. There's no crying in baseball, sir. That's absolutely right. <laughs> uh, so Cadet Kelly is crushing this shit. She's looking real proud of herself. And she looks into the audience and see that, sees that her dad isn't there, even though he's promised to be there at a certain time. So she gets really nervous. Like, she's trying not to mess up the drill meet. She's kind of falling in line, but she looks obviously visibly distraught because she thinks her dad is dead. And so the general or sir pulls her out of line and he says, like, what's going on? And she's like, he should be here right now. I, I think he's hurt. She goes, this cadet knows how important this meet is to the general. Okay, the third person, this cadet, self-referral is so uncomfortable. And, like, a true token that she has reached, like, max inundation to this lifestyle most brainwash most brainwash met yes it's weird right it's so uncomfortable it's you're gonna let your dad die so that you could do military trivia i mean to his credit the one unshitty thing he does right it's the bare minimum but he does believe her that her dad is actually injured even though it could very well just be he's running late or whatever mm -hmm. you know so claps for Sir, whatever his name is, basic human de decency. Claps he he for was that. Yeah. billed as Sir when the end credits ran. I noticed. No wow. way. Yeah, they didn't I didn't even think... bother to say Joe. Yeah, well, the, Joe's his first name, but we never know this guy's last name, and it's on his like little card. Mm -hmm. They never punch in. They never bothered to <laughs> give this guy an actual name. Uh, they actually like that choice. You know, put Sir in the background mm -hmm. a little bit. So Kelly and the general leave to search for Kelly's dad at the mountain that he said he'd be at. And, and so they get there and he's fallen off a cliff. And he's like, you see him at the bottom and there's no blood. There's no broken bones. Like, it uh -huh. looks like he's probably taking a nap or something down there. He's fallen 30 feet or more oh, onto yeah. rock. Yeah. There's got to be brain damage. Broken or, ribs. Oh, yeah. Something. Minimum. Ruptured organ. So Kelly... Just so happens to have repelling gear, <laughs> and she begins to repel down to him. This cadet never leaves school without a repelling gear, sir. <laughs> Why would you let this child repel? Call who you gotta call. He, and well, then he'd wait. already called them. Yeah, he was like they're wait. on the way. Just wait. I no, can't no, leave no, my sir. dad alone. What does yes, she you do? Can. Yeah, you can't administer first aid. Like you, you're just gonna sit next to him. Like, why do this? And why would he let her do it? Like, because the rope isn't long enough, which we find out at the end. She could fall off a cliff face and die. And he just lets her. And she goes down there to do what? Flip this guy over when his neck might be broken? <laughs> yeah, right. You're not supposed to touch a fall victim. Oh. This is bad. Maybe he wanted her to, to die. die. Oh. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he had something to do with the dad falling. Look, Whoa. sir, I'm skeptical. Sir's an anime supervillain. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he's playing 3D chess. <laughs> uh, so she repels down. Her dad, like, opens his eyes and goes, Kelly, like, as if he just woke up from a nap. <laughs> Bitch, you fell very far. <laughs> this man should be dead. Yes. Um, so the paramedics come and they, you know, get him off this cliff face and onto a gurney and they're rolling him into the paramedic truck or EMT. What do you call it? Oh, they, they're rolling him into an ambulance. So she takes this moment to hug the general and she says, at that moment, I knew that sir was ready to have his baby. And she says something about like, I'm happy to have two dads. Yeah. And sir's like, two dads. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, that is a batshit scene. What? Uh, well, and I think he says something like along the lines, like they're taking her dad away on a stretcher like he's going to some sort of like er and she <laughs> he just looks at her and says you know you can have two best friends yeah. <laughs> like i was worried about this this whole time that was on my mind you haven't been treating your best friends correctly yeah you hurt carla's feelings <laughs> yeah 
She says, I, you know, I could have two dads. And they go, you could have two best friends, too. It's like, this man's neck is probably snapped. <laughs> Get him to the hospital. Priorities out of line. Oh, God. Okay, wait. Can we talk about the Carla thing, too, real quick? Because, okay, Carla is in love with Cadet Kelly. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. so visibly jealous when Kelly's other friend shows up to the drill meet. Kelly says, this is my best and truest friend. And Carla's like, what? But but we met a month ago, <laughs> and, and we sleep next to each other at night, and you let me borrow a dress. Yeah. It's like, they didn't give Carla enough, or maybe they gave her too much. I'm not sure. It's the blanket thing. Like, if you need to give us a reason to understand why these characters are acting like this, or else it just seems gay. Yeah. Maybe that's just what it be. <laughs> They're like, yeah, everyone's gay. Is that cool? All the minor characters are gay too. Motivations. We dress locked. them gay. All right, they act gay. All right, okay. cool. Done. Yeah, it's gay. Never doubted for a moment that Carla was gay. <laughs> <laughs> or Brad for that matter. Knew- or, or Brad. When, when he yeah. spits on the boot. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I wrote that down. And then he like he like jacks it off or rubs it a little bit. Did y'all see that? He's like, first you spit on it, and then you rub it real vigorously back and forth. And I said, oh, my God. You call that a shoe shine? And he comes and like, <laughs> jacks off the boot. Um, I'm telling you, I didn't think we'd have time to talk about all of this. We don't have time. We're over. <laughs> <laughs> way over. <laughs> so she says, yeah, I have two dads, which doesn't sound gay at all. And in her mind, she goes, maybe, just maybe, I don't have to do everything. Mama, take a break. Honestly, you were needed in this situation. This man never would have been found. He would have died out there on the mountain. So <laughs> do, not, do not let up for a moment, girl. This is only doing more psychological damage because it's affirmed her worst fears. Yes. <laughs> that if she doesn't constantly call everyone on the phone and check in on them, that they're off a cliff face dying. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, mm-hmm. back to the cheer meet, or what is it called? Stop sh- showdown. Uh, The tap dancing with guns. Um, uh, The George Washington Academy is down five points, so they need Kelly and Stone's pair dance to do well and to win. So let me just show you guys that. Why not? We have a lot of ground to make up because of you. It's a good thing we're excellent at this. Attend, hut! Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Stone and Kelly are back to back. Uh-huh. And they pop off. They've got slap moves. They they spin on the ground. They clap together. They spin in synchronization like Swan Lake, peering into each other's eyes. And at the last moment, they whip out the rhythmic baton ribbons. <laughs> and that is the final showdown of the century everyone in the crowd is into it oh they're eating it up the president is there laura bush is there laura bush is <laughs> she there loves and, it she's not we don't see her in the shop but we can feel her presence oh yeah and it's hysterical when when i watch that scene i can't stop laughing because they play super chicks one girl revolution over it and they do this insane editing but like the people in the audience there is no music no it's just <laughs> silence <laughs> It's just the sound of ribbons squeak, and squeaky squeak. shoes. Consider that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just in there waving ribbons to no music. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty insane. And the editing in this clip is like, I urge you guys to watch it because it's on steroids. Like, I think they have to make up for the fact that this doesn't look as epic as they expected it to. Yeah. So there's like staggered edits and like they'll spin and then like whoop, whoop go backwards. Yeah. It's so bad. I... I'm only assuming that Kenny Ortega was not available to choreograph Cadet Kelly or else this would have been a slamming scene. <laughs> he would never put his name on this ever in a million no, years. You're so right. They probably did ask him, if I ever meet Kenny Ortega, I'm going to be like, did they offer you Cadet he's, Kelly? He's got like communist ties, so they wouldn't allow him to come. <laughs> no, <laughs> so. yeah, someone that gay can't do a Don't Ask, Don't Tell movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Peyton, any feelings about the dance? I just can't help but think, like, what that panel of judges, I mean, what their reaction was supposed to be. Like, yeah, like you said, they probably thought it was going to be, like, mind-blowing at the end. And, like, they still have to give that, like, solemn clap, like, this is the, <laughs> this is going to change stepping. Forever. <laughs> It'll never be the same now that we can include ribbons modern and voguing. <laughs> Dude. We'll use the power of the gays in modern warfare. 
So incredible. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, this is the end of the film. Yeah, so they win second, and um, Jennifer Stone says to Cadet Kelly, if you hadn't have joined the team, we wouldn't have gotten this far. And then in her monologue, Cadet Kelly says, right then, I knew I'd be telling my grandchildren about this day. The day I found their your grandma. grandma. <laughs> How I met your grandma. <laughs> That's the first thing my mind went oh, to. Man. Like, what the fuck? Uh, they finally hug, and we get no closure, and Brad disappears into the ether. <laughs> Also, I guess the dad's okay. He's not there. He's in a hospital bed he's some miles away, but he's fine. Yeah, he's got so many injuries right now. <laughs> Fuck. Mr. Collins, were you flipped over while you were lying on that rock? Because your spine is misaligned. <laughs> like, yeah, she's winning this trophy and she's like no longer cares like about what's happening to her dad. Uh, oh, God. Sorry. Good time. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, sorry. listeners. This movie... I couldn't believe my eyes when I was watching it again. It is truly absurd. You forgot one heinous end detail. What? After all of the development between the two characters, Stone and Kelly, Stone just says very flippantly at the end, like, oh, by the way, I'm moving to Europe. (laughs) (laughs) My dad's going to Europe, so. Yeah. Unrequited love much. Yeah, they didn't need to do that. They could have just just say like, "Sounds good. See you next year." Yeah. What's up? And you're moving to Europe. Where? Oh, <laughs> yeah, just Europe. Just in general. Just we're, ro- we're moving broadly to Asia. Europe. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> also, like zooming out. Maybe I should have brought this up in the beginning, but Disney Channel cast two of the biggest female Disney stars at this time mm-hmm. in this film. Like this wasn't just like one of the one-off. DCOMs they threw in the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, like this was fucking Hillary Duff. Mm-hmm. She was probably the number one Disney Channel star. Like, what were they like? They went balls in with this one. It also looked like production value wise, high budget. Yeah. Like, that's such a specific and strange choice. Like, they wanted us to see this film. They wanted every young person on Disney Channel to see this film. They casted it with your, what you're saying, like two very high profile Disney Channel stars. And they probably felt so fucking lucky like after 9-11 they have this ready like it was already it's ready to go it's wrapped up in everything and they can just ship it out 10,000 times would you say that the timing of this filming ending right at 9-11 is a little too perfect Disney Channel did (laughs) 9-11 as a means to push Cadet Kelly Lizzie's like hey you know and when Cadet Kelly and Stone are standing next to each other it looks like the Twin Towers with one stop, falling. Stop, stop, stop. No, no. We're ending this episode. On to the reception. <laughs> okay. Well, it's difficult to understand how well DCOMs do with their counterparts that like hit box offices and we don't have that information. But it premiered with a viewership of 7.8 million. So nothing to sneeze at. It was, I know for a fact, it's one of DCOMs top 10 popular and most viewed original movies. I mean, it it got me to sign up for military school, so I guess the propaganda worked. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, wow. We have a survivor of (laughs) Cadet Kelly propaganda. We have a Cadet Kelly in our presence. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Peyton's (laughs) drill stepping out of the building. Okay, time to score it. So how the subtextual score works is that we each get to rate the film on a scale of 1 out of 10 on how gay the film is and how good the film is, and then we average those together to get a single subtextual score. Okay, so Lizzie, how good would you say this movie is? It's really bad. Um, (laughs) In terms of the damage it's probably done to an entire generation of cadets, I'm going to give it a 2. That is fair. Peyton, what say you? I'm going to give it a three only because of the very cinematic trumpet boy shots that added some level of artistry to it. (laughs) And otherwise, it's completely irredeemable. Huge piece of shit. (laughs) Three out of ten is generous. Well said. I will also give this a two only for the fact that it was shot and edited and broadcast. (laughs) It exists as a film. Yes. Yes. So it gets a two for me as well. All right. Lizzie, how gay is this this film? It's like hella gay, but like not in a good way. <laughs> um, like it's harmful a little bit, um, but it is really gay. Mm-hmm. 
God, how do you score that? Something that's like bad for gays. <laughs> uh, I guess like a five. Yeah, I I understand the conundrum where it is gay, but it's done so much harm. I'm going to give this a four. Okay. Uh, Peyton, how gay would you say this movie is? I, I think I'm going to give it a six just because it hurts me, a straight person, to watch all these people repress their identities that this much. Mm-hmm. And that, that six is on, yeah, the, the shadow scale. <laughs> yeah. Well said. I, oh, God, this is surprising. It's a 3.67. <laughs> bottom 10, baby. Well, it makes sense. This is like the most bottom film I've ever watched. <laughs> it's only bottomed more by The Haunting, which I don't think will ever beat. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, sorry, you guys. I'm really sorry. This was an experience. I'm so glad. I said this at lunch when we took a break, but I'm so glad we have this podcast to be able to process this film because if I just went back and watched this for fun thinking, oh, Cadet Kelly, I remember that from being a kid. I wouldn't know what to do with any of the thoughts or emotions (laughs) I have right now. So getting them out doesn't make them any less believable, but it I feel like I'll sleep tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I've been dwelling in the dark memories of my past <laughs> for the past day or so, past couple of days. Peyton, thank uh, you for coming on and sharing your experience with us. Thank yeah. you for offering me this place to be have the catharsis <laughs> to process military school. It's the least that we can do. And thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your service, both uh, of y'all. Is there anything you'd like to plug, like maybe where people can find you or perhaps like media that you've enjoyed recently that you want more people to check out? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I don't have social media because I'm better than you. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think uh, uh, when you, you see, like, stuff like Cadet Kelly and you're thinking about it and you're like, geez, like, shit used to be, like, really bad for me. Just, like, remember that, like, you, you've come a long way since then. And, like, that is, like, the, like, real ray of sunshine that, like, happened for this moment. Watching this movie and, like, experiencing some of those, like, dark memories from my past, I'm like, I'm not there anymore and I'm so fucking happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, if I could express one thing to the viewership, it would be that. Like, looking back on the past and seeing that it was shitty means that things are better now. And... Yeah, it's a very empowering feeling, at least for me. Progress is possible. Mm-hmm. You came out so well, Peyton. Yeah. We're, we're glad to have you on the podcast, and we'll definitely have you back. Yes. Yay. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you all for having me. All right, cadets. Are you ready to uh, stomp out of here? We got our ribbons. Ma'am, yes, ma'am. Ma'am, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.